Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm an entrepreneur and business mentor bringing you fun and thought-provoking conversations around money, wellness, business, life, and personal development. This is the space where humor meets depth and no topic is off limits. Let's fuck shit up. Hello and welcome back to another solo episode of the podcast. Today I am going to be a little bit less chatty and more to the point. I've got my notes. I'm coming in with a very, very specific purpose and you've probably seen by the headline, the description, it's five lessons from 500k. So I'm going to take this moment to just completely celebrate myself because I feel like there's something really, really cool in just really publicly and unapologetically, you know, taking up space and celebrating yourself. But I also think that there's something really, really cool and really, really powerful around being like a listener or a consumer or someone really being a part of that conversation and a part of that celebration because it really, really pulls you into that frequency. So I invite all of you listening right now to allow yourself to be pulled into this frequency, allow yourself to be pulled into the frequency of, you know, milestones and celebration and wins and accomplishments and all the things. So you guys are right here with me. The one celebration kind of has two celebrations. The first part of the celebration is I'm celebrating surpassing half a million dollars in four months of my business this year. And that is cash, not sales. So that is what has been collected. That's not even including the figures based in what I've sold in, you know, projected payment plans and things like that. And and what I'll collect over time with that. It is purely cash, purely revenue. So that is just so incredibly exciting. And the second part of that celebration is the fact that I didn't even notice. This year, I'm not sure what's shifted, but I just have been in a whole new level of non-attachment to money where last year, it wasn't even like I was anxious or I was anxiously checking my stripe or anything like that. It was like a very, very calm, grounded, regulated. If anything, it was more excited. But very much last year, like I was just so excited. I was moving at such incredible speeds and, you know, I would be checking, you know, where I was at in stripe every month, you know, usually like every week week at the end of every week, I would check where I was at and I was celebrating and I feel like I was somewhat focused on money. And coming into this year, I haven't really been that focused on money. And a part of me was like, oh, I feel like I'm not growing based on where I was at last year. But what's so interesting is I felt like I wasn't growing because I'm just so grounded. Like I'm so grounded right now. And my new baseline for what is normalized in terms of what's kind of selling and moving within my business each week has grown and expanded, but it feels light. So early on in my business, if I potentially had five sales in a day, that would be like, oh my God, like what the fuck? Like, oh my God, like everything's popping. And now it's like, it could be 10 sales in a day and it just doesn't feel like it or like, and not in a way that I'm not excited. I'm not grateful, not any of those things. It just feels calming. It feels grounding. It feels regulating. It feels normalized. So that's been really, really cool. So coming into the second part of that celebration is I crossed the 500K and I didn't really notice. So this year I've been checking Stripe less frequently and it's really just been like 
every now and then I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't really checked, I'll check. And so I came into having not checked for a while and I had this random, oh, oh, I'll check where I'm at. And I was like, I'll check where I'm at for the year. And I checked where I was at for the year and I had actually surpassed the half a million. So I think it was at like 522,000 when I had a look. So I was like, $22,000 ago is, is when I'd hit it. And I was like, oh my God, that's incredible. First of all, from there, I posted on my socials and kind of talked about it. And I had one of my clients send me a Voxer message and she was like, you know, she just asked me like, how does that feel? Like all the things. And then her second question was, I'm really curious, where were you at this time last year? And I said to her, I'm not sure, but I'll check just for you. So I logged back into Stripe and I checked where I was at, at this point last year. And Last year, I was at 255,000. So basically half. I had done half at what I'd done at this point. So this year, coming into this year, this calendar year, I have doubled my revenue based off last year. So last year being at 255,000, this year being at like by this point, 522,000, which is just absolutely incredible. And I'm just I'm really grateful to be honest. Like I'm, I'm just really, really grateful. I feel like right now the amount of money that I'm making in my business just feels incredible. It feels good to be able to employ two full-time team members. It feels incredible to be able to give back to my family. It feels incredible to be able to more financially contribute in my household. Um, you know, for many, many years of my relationship, I would say my partner financially supported us much more heavily than than my contribution. So it it feels good even though you know he still pays most of our rent and things like that it feels good to be able to contribute to holidays and travel and things like that one of my family members at the moment is dealing with some chronic pain issues and I was able to pay for their next five osteo sessions like just little things like that but also the big things you know I sent my mom and her partner on a trip to Bali I, I just feel like I have enough like if I want to buy a Prada bag I can buy a fucking Prada bag if I want to go on a holiday I can go on a holiday it feels like I'm at I've reached this level with my wealth now where it feels enough and no part of me is in survival no part of me is in scarcity and it feels like I don't even have the articulation for this but it feels like I'm at a level where I can be truly myself when no part of me is in survival and so my truest colors can come out and it's really interesting I remember this was probably about three if not four years ago I remember listening to a podcast actually by Manifestation Babe if anyone knows her she has an incredible podcast and she was doing an episode on money and people were talking about does money make you you know greedy and sorry if you guys can hear my dogs barking my background I haven't shut my door today does money make you greedy and she used this really really had this incredible articulation around it and she said money doesn't make you greedy money is an amplifier. That means that money doesn't make you anything. Money amplifies what you already are. And she said, so when people come into wealth and they are greedy with their money, she's like, honestly, if you actually look at their character, they were probably greedy prior to having money. They were probably always tight. They probably never did acts of kindness. They probably always wanted to keep things for themselves and were very, very scarce. And she said, if you look at people who, when they come into money are very generous, you'll probably find that they were actually already generous people. They were, they already 
had acts of generosity, even if it wasn't financially, they were very generous. And she said, so money amplifies who you already are. And, you know, three, four years on from listening to that episode, I can absolutely attest to that. Of That feels like what it's been like uh, with my experience where money's amplified who I actually am and not in a way... It's interesting because it hasn't amplified who I am, but it feels like it amplifies who you are, but it's not amplifying you. It's allowing you to let go of anything within yourself that you were watering down because you were in scarcity due to a lack of money. And that can take a little bit to wrap your head around, but basically money is so deeply ingrained within, you know, our our DNA now for a sense of survival, safety, security, because money is how we put food on the table. Money is how we, you know, pay for things and, and move through life. Like it's, it's our largest like currency and, you know, means of exchange. There are a lot of things that money is then tied into, you know, if you want to buy food, it costs money. If you want to send your kids to school, it costs money. If you want to get an education, it costs money. Like there are a lot of things in life that cost money. So it therefore money gets tied into needs and also gets tied into desire. So if you have a lack of money that can put you into a state of not being able to fully live out your desire and not always fully meet your needs to the fullest potential. So what happens when you have have enough money that all of your needs are met, not just met, but fully in overflow. Like your needs are good, like shelter, roof over your head, food on the table, bills paid, all of that's covered. You're completely out of safety, scarcity. Sorry, you're not out of safety. You're out of scarcity and survival and into safety. So then you get to this level that you're in a safe leaping pad and now money is moving into a frequency of desire and elevation and you get to start moving money in a way that, oh, this is how I would live, how I would move, how I would make decisions when I'm out of scarcity, when I'm out of survival. This is how I live, breathe and move when I feel my most safe, grounded and regulated, when I feel my most free. And so money can feel like an amplifier, but again, it's not amplifying you in a way that it's changing you or making you better. It's actually just allowing you to be the most freest form of yourself because you don't need to water yourself down or you don't get lost in scarcity. So even, you know, I remember having a conversation with one of my girlfriends and I said to her, I feel like as I've made more money, my fashions change. And it's funny because right now I'm, I'm chilling in socks, trackies and a hoodie. And that's my fashion 90% of the time. However, my fashion changes and I'm definitely, I would say experimenting with different styles. And it's because I'm like, oh, I get to feel what it feels like when I can buy things not in scarcity. So, you know, I remember very early days when I had barely any money in my bank account and let's just say I would go shopping at Glassons or something like that, or even cotton on. And I would buy, you know, a pair of jeans. And if I wanted a top, I would pick up the top and I'd be like, oh, but is this going to go with a lot of outfits? Am I going to wear this like enough times? Like you're really into a state of buying things practically because you need to be practical about your money. You need to be logistical. So again, you're in a sense of survival, safety, like practicality. So the mindset that you have of how you're living is very much your most practical version. That is also a true version of you, but it's one part of you. There's also part of you that defies all practicality, that wants to defy all logic, that wants to lead with like desire and things like that. And money does allow you to do that. So 
it's almost like getting to see these different variations of yourself as well. So I think that's just been a really, really cool experience for me to have and something that I just wanted to bring you guys across. And maybe you felt that and maybe you haven't, but can you start playing with that frequency? And what I don't want anyone to listen to this and go, oh, well, I don't have an overflow of money, so I don't get to be my fullest expression of myself. That's not like, don't go into lack. Don't go into lack with that. What you get to play with though is you can play in the realms of, you know, quantum energy. You can play into the realms of energetics and you can start asking yourself, how would I move if I had unlimited amounts of money? And you can also look at how am I moving now with a lack of money and how, what is this a reflection of me and my character? Because there's going to be things where I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm just going to be honest, there's things that you potentially won't or can't do if you have less money that you would do if you had more money, because you have more money available. But also when it comes down to your character around who you are, I believe that using money as an excuse of why you act a certain way or why you are a certain way is complete and utter fucking bullshit. Like when people palm off the fact that they're angry or um, they're short-tempered or that they're always tired or they're frustrated or they're, you know, they be selfish and they can almost bypass, you know, having to take any responsibility for that of the fact that they're like, it's money, it's money's problem. And what I'm going to say in that, and I'm not going to go into it because it's a whole other fucking conversation, but if you blame money for all of your problems and money is like energy, do you think money's going to want to come to you? Like if you had a person in your life where you blamed them for everything, you were like, you're the reason I'm tired. You're the reason I'm angry. You're the reason I'm stressed. You're the root of all of my fucking problems. Do you think that person's going to feel like they want to be near you? Like they want to be around you? No, they're probably going to lean out. They're going to go avoid it. And they're going to feel like shit because they're receiving all of your projections of blame. How do you think money feels in, in that regard? How do you think money feels when the way that you perceive it is like the cause of all of your biggest problems? So there's definitely mindset work to do and there can be energy work to do. But again, that's a whole nother conversation on the mindset and energetics of money. But I'm going to come to really what this episode is all about. And it is my five lessons from that 500k. It's five lessons from even me just being in reflection, really. It's it's not even five lessons from this 500k, but it's five lessons when it comes to wealth accumulation in general and what I've learned that I'm reflecting on as I hit this new milestone of 500k in four months. The first lesson, the more money you want to hold, the more energy you're going to have to hold as well. This can come up in a variation of ways. It can be holding energy of, you know, capacity. It can be responsibility, it can be projections and things like that. And I'll chat about a couple of them. What I know to be true is the more money you want to hold, there's going to be more that you have to hold emotionally. Everyone loves the person that's relatable to them. Not everyone loves the person that's making a lot of money. And it's interesting. I remember in one of the rounds of the Discovery Code, my seven-week mindset course, and I asked people to be really honest and really unapologetic, like just speak their mind, like don't, you know, try to be conscious and say the right thing, like actually say what you feel. And I said, when you hear 
rich people complain about their problems or that they're sad or that they're stressed like how do you feel like what do you actually think and everyone was like to be honest I think like what do you have to be stressed about get over it like at least you have money like you know basically it was a lot of stuff of people almost like eye roll like you don't get to be sad you don't get to be stressed so all of a sudden because you have money you don't get to be a fucking human anymore and this comes so deeply into our collective, you know, ingrained narratives and frequencies and wounds that we carry around money. And again, it's a story for another time, but like money is one of the biggest wound points. So there are certain topics that are so incredibly emotionally charged. Money is one of them. Sex and sexuality is another one. Parenting is another. So there's certain topics and areas that are so emotionally charged that it's very, very hard to talk about without someone getting triggered in a conversation. Money is very emotionally charged and it's a very sensitive topic. And collectively, we have normalized so much in how we treat people who have money and who have wealth. So there's this conception that rich people are greedy When you have money, you don't have a heart. When you have money, you don't get to be a fucking human anymore. You don't get to be sad. You don't get to be stressed. And why I feel this is really important to talk about is if we have this collective narrative that rich people don't get to be sad, like let's just put that blanket statement, rich people don't get to have emotions anymore and they don't get to have problems, right? Do you feel, not consciously, but on a deep unconscious level, you're going to feel safe earning a lot of money and being rich? If deeply, deeply, deeply and wide in you from generation after generation after generation tells you it's not safe to be rich because when you're rich, when you're wealthy, people don't love you, people don't listen, people don't support you and you don't get to have problems, which means you can't empathize with people and and no one can relate to you anymore. So basically having money isn't safe. That's That's the bottom line. Like that's the undercurrent, like deep within your bones. The undercurrent is more money equals less safety right? We think on some level more money equals more safety because more money equals I can put food on the table and I can buy things and I I know I can pay my rent at the end of the month. But deep within your bones, too much is also not safe. So we want to, what do we want to do? If we don't have enough, we know that's not safe because we can't eat and live and have shelter. But we also think that too much isn't safe. So what happens for majority of the population? They want to be in the middle. They want to coast where they're kind of living paycheck to paycheck. That is the safest point for you in your unconscious for you to to live. It's enough that you're just going to scrape by. You can rent your home. You have a roof over your head. You can potentially afford a gym membership, um, food on the table, you know, the latest iPhone. Like you're, you're living in a life where, you know, you're buying a new top to go out on the weekend, whatever. But not enough that you're saving or that you're in abundance or you're in an overflow or enough that's going to get attention or prevent you from being relatable. So what do you do? You stay in your coast in the relatable middle. So when you make more money, it's really seeing that you're going to potentially have to hold projections. You're potentially going to have to hold being less relatable. You're potentially going to have to hold people thinking that you don't get to have problems anymore. People thinking that you don't have a heart anymore, that you just care about money, that you're selfish, that you're greedy, that you're vain, that you're insert whatever fucking projection there. When you start earning a lot of money, 
people can think and feel about you differently and that's the truth. Not everyone will, but can it happen? Yes, it can. So it's you being able to do the deeper inner work on your unconscious mind because consciously we all want more money. Consciously it's like, oh, would you want to be a millionaire tomorrow? Fuck yeah, I want to be a millionaire. Oh my God, I'd buy a car, upgrade my house. Like, But unconsciously, it's not safe because generationally, generation after generation after generation, the unspoken rule and the frequency is rich people don't get as much love because they're not worthy of it because they have money. Like I'm exaggerating for the purpose of making a point, but you guys get what I'm saying. So one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is as I want to make more money, I have to be able to hold more energy and move through things with my mindset. I have to be able to hold more projections and believe me, I've been projected on enough fucking times that if I had a dollar for that, I'd probably be a multi-millionaire. So you need to be able to hold the fact that you're potentially going to be projected on and you also need to hold having more responsibility. So as you start making more money, you do have deeper levels of responsibility of what you do and how you navigate that money. As an example, and this is just one example, but this shows up in so many different ways. When I was making, let's just say 20 to 30K months, and I had a contractor VA who did maybe between 12 to 20 hours a month for me. That person was a contractor. They worked for a variation of people. Their hours would flex up and flex down. They weren't an employee, right? So if I needed less hours that month, if I made less money and I wanted less hours, no biggie. Now I'm at a level of my business where I have two full-time employees. So what I'm doing and how much I'm making directly impacts them also because I am responsible for paying them. I'm responsible for paying them. I'm responsible for paying, you know, their tax. I'm responsible for paying their super. I'm responsible for, you know, if they grow, if they evolve and if they need a pay rise of making sure that the work that they're doing and that their role reflects their pay, like, if I made a lot less money and my money crashed and my income crashed, that's a lot more pressure because I have more responsibility. I'm responsible for two full-time employees versus early days. I wasn't responsible for that. So I'm at a level of my business now where I have a multitude of contractors. I have more clients to serve. I have two full-time team members. Like there is more responsibility. And even with that, you know, as you make more money, you do upgrade your lifestyle. So my responsibility on my car repayments or, you know, my rent or whatever else it is, it grows with you. So somewhat like the pressure grows, there is more responsibility. So the biggest lesson is you think that making more money is just a matter of wanting it or desiring it and like, and and there would be no blocks. It's not true. There are blocks that you need to be able to work through. And if you do want to make more money, you need to be able to work through those blocks. You need to be able to get better at being fucking emotionally resilient, of being able to hold projections, of being able to, you know, hold being misunderstood. Like that's part of it. That is truly part of it. And on the other side of that, like there's so much benefit and so much reward. As I said, Yes, people are potentially going to project on you and think you don't have a heart or like whatever it is, they're going to misunderstand you. But also 
the flip side of that is you get to look after your family and pay for their osteo sessions. And the benefit of that is you get to be an overflow. You get to be generous. You get to live life from a place of desire, not a place of scarcity or safety. You get to live life from a place of, you know, intuitive pull over practicality all the time. So the juice is worth the squeeze. Like that's what I'll say. But that is my biggest lesson. The more money you want to hold, the more energy you've got to hold as well. Second lesson, money is just digits in the bank account unless it isn't. Having people make the money means something matters. I remember last year, I think it was October last year, I hit my first million dollar year. So I made 1 million cash in 10 months. And I remember at that time when I hit it, I didn't know. So what had happened was my best friend, my team, they all knew I was close. One of my um, OG clients knew I was close. Basically what had happened was my best friend, my business manager, and one of my OG clients were all in on it behind my back. And what happened was my best friend had organized my business manager to come to my house with like balloons and a present. So she had bought me like a gift ahead of time and had given it to my business manager um, because my best friend lives interstate um, FYI so I'm in Melbourne she's in Sydney so she'd given her the gift she had given her balloons and all the things and um, one of my clients was re-signing a new container with me and she was going to pay a installment and then when she found out how close I was she's like oh my gosh I'm going to pay in full so Jessie hits her Millie and basically my best friend and my being were like oh my gosh hold off let's time it we'll tell you when you can like pay the invoice and so they got everything ready they got the balloons, like my BM was on her way over. And then they messaged my client was like, okay, pay the invoice. And my client paid the invoice. I had no idea any of this was going on. And all of a sudden I get a call um, on FaceTime from my best friend and I open up, I'm like, Hey, and she's like, Hey, and, and we were just chatting. And then she's like, Hey, um, check your emails. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I opened up my emails. Anyway, I'd seen my client had paid in for, for a container, which I, I knew I'd hit my million. And I just burst into tears and two minutes later, the doorbell rings and my BM's there and she's got the one, $1 million balloons, the one and the M, um, the big foil balloons. Um, and she had a gift from my best friend, which I opened up, which were just fucking boss ass Balenciaga sneakers. And it was just a whole thing. And then my partner celebrated me and then all of my clients were messaging me and then, you know, past clients and strangers on the internet and people in my programs and courses. Like I was just being so celebrated in that. And I had this moment of if I had no one in my life, if I didn't have my partner, I didn't have my best friend, or even I had people that didn't fully get me, didn't understand me, where I didn't really feel like I belonged and I was seen, if I didn't have my community and I was just home alone, chilling, and that money came through and I had a million dollars, I'd made a million dollars. It's just digits, really. It's just digits in a bank account. What's it even fucking mean, really? It's just digits in a bank account. What made that money mean something and what made that milestone mean something was having the people around me to celebrate me and acknowledge it and having people that really understood, not pretended to understood, but really fucking understood that that celebration wasn't about the money. It was what the money represented. It's what I've had to work through, what I've had to do and who I've had to become in order to make that million dollars. And they knew that they'd seen the journey. They'd seen my evolution. You know, even my partner, he'd seen me from having, you know, $2,000 in my bank account um, and struggling to, you know, 
me living paycheck to paycheck basically when we first met I was in a retail job to then you know working a corporate job and then going back and studying and and he'd seen the whole evolution like he saw my fucking journey and that was just such a powerful and pivotal moment so the second lesson is money means shit if you don't have the people in your life that make the money mean something. And even with that, that if I didn't have people in my life, what's a bunch of Prada bags just sitting in my closet? Like, that's no fun. Do you know what's fun? Buying a Prada bag and taking a photo and sending it to my best friend and, and being like, oh my gosh, look at my new bag and like us going out for dinner and, and putting our bags on and me tending my, my family on a trip to Bali and me buying people things and, and being generous and giving back and me going to the coffee shop on a fucking Tuesday and saying, hey, I want to buy my coffee and I want to pay for the next five people's. Like, can you, can I pay it forward five coffees? Like, that's what makes money mean something it's giving back it's being a part of something that's bigger than yourself money when it's just for you it's just so lifeless like that's my perspective on it anyway so my second lesson is make the money mean something okay so the third one business is an art of balancing mindset energetics and strategy so this one for some people will be obvious for me it feels really obvious but I'm gonna speak into that mindset energetics and strategy whenever in my business, I have focused on just one. I have felt like things have been left imbalanced. So when I focus all on energetics, there can be a lack of action and a lack of execution on things that actually move the fucking needle. And you can feel a little bit like not like ungrounded. Like it doesn't give you the systems, the structure, the support to help you feel anchored in like having actual direction and steps to move through. When you focus all on the strategy, then that doesn't mean that you're going to feel good while you're doing it. So for example, you can have a fucking sales strategy and like, I don't know, let's just say your strategy is to post twice a day, every day for seven days and you sell every day. But if you sell every day and you get four days in to that quote unquote strategy and no one's bought and you feel like an anxious wreck and you're dysregulated and you're wanting to lean out and you're not wanting to sell anymore, you keep doing the strategy, but you feel like fucking shit while doing it. You feel like an anxious wreck. You feel annoying. You feel like what you're, what you're doing is landing on deaf ears. You feel like no one cares. And then that may, puts you into imposter syndrome and self-doubt and like, It's just a fucking shit show. So it really is a balance and an art of blending the three, blending working on your mindset. So you feel good doing business. You feel confident doing business. You feel competent and convicted. The energetics also matter, and that's a whole other conversation, but that absolutely influences how things move within your business as well. And the strategy matters because it helps you feel grounded and it actually gives you a direction as well. So my third lesson is your business is going to move better and it's going to feel better when you focus on all three simultaneously. Okay, so lesson number four You'll never be able to hold the highs if you cannot hold the lows. You will not be able to hold the highs if you cannot hold the lows. So what I know to be true is I can hold very, very high amounts of money and big milestones because I can also hold things being quiet or I can hold quote unquote dips without making that mean something and without doing a bucket load of weird shit um, because it makes me anxious. So for an example, January for me was a $183,000 month and then February was a $100,000 month. 
that's an 83k dip and I know some people would be like yeah but you still made 100k like that's like whatever but imagine that one month I made $83,000 and the next month I made zero dollars that's gonna feel pretty fucking rocky isn't it but it's a dip so the more money you make the bigger the dips get so if you can't hold dipping from 70k to 50k if you can't hold a 20k dip how the fuck are you going to hold an 80k one? And then when you're making, you know, $600,000 months, how are you going to hold having a $400,000 month, which is a $200,000 dip? And if you're making, you know, a million dollars a month, if you're making $2 million a month, how are you going to hold the next month being a million? That's a million dollar dip. So the more money you make, the bigger the quote unquote dip. So if you can't even hold a fucking $10,000 dip, good luck holding a 50, 60, 80, 100, $300,000 one. So you need to be able to hold the lows in order to be able to hold the highs because what happens when you can't hold the low is you get anxious and you do weird shit. So if I was to have a lower month and I was to start freaking out and making that mean something, oh my God, I'm doing something wrong. Shit's going going wrong. I'm not selling properly. People aren't buying. I could start using a ridiculous sales strategy or throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks or like halfway through my launch, trying to pivot and do a new strategy because it's not quote unquote working. What if it was working just fucking fine? And this is why I don't often look at months anymore, especially now that my business is growing and I'm working with bigger numbers. I'm less likely to look at months and I'm more likely to look at quarters because quarters feel like a better reflection for me personally. Um, so even as an example, um, you know, I could be like, oh, why did I have a hundred thousand dollar month when some months are like 120, 150, 180? Oh, that's bad. But yet I'm at 500k for the year and this time last year I was at 250. So you do the fucking math. So that is lesson four. Stop wigging out if you have a dip. Stop trying to throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Stop doing all weird shit in your launch. Stop changing how you sell. Stop just, yeah, just, just chill. Just be a chill fucking cucumber regulate yourself, realize that's business. And I remember one of my clients, actually, I think it was at like one of my retreats or something. And she, I was like listening to her telling someone else. And she spoke about how Coca-Cola has something like when they have a dip, it's like millions. And she was like, it just was a really beautiful example of like, when you're a big business doing big business shit, things like half a million dollars down for a month is normalized, potentially being down, you know, when an industry is a billion dollar industry, you could be down 300 mil for the quarter. You could be down 3 million for the quarter. That's normalized. And then we get so caught up in, oh my God, I'm down $10,000 this month. Oh my God, what's wrong? Like, Really, this is where we need to get so out of the month to month to month to month fucking hamster wheel rat race bullshit and look at business like business. And especially if you're in the coaching industry, getting your eyes out of the coaching industry and looking at business as the bigger picture. So that is number four. Get better at holding the lows and I promise you'll be able to hold better highs as well. Okay, the fifth and final lesson. Everything is a result of compounding. So every little decision's adding up and it's all raising your baseline. 
So coming back kind of like what I shared at the start, but the fact that I'm at $500,000 for the month and I'm kind of like, how? Like, that's kind of what it feels like. I'm like, how the fuck am I at 500K? Like, I feel like almost like end of last year, I was like, quote unquote, doing more, but everything's added up over time. Every story that I've posted, every time that I've sold, every caption that I've written, every client that I've supported, every, you know, photo shoot I've done or photo that I've taken, everything that I've done in my business, every offer that I've created, masterclass that I've run, everything has added up over time and it has compounded to get my business to where it is today. So all of my actions have compounded to reflect growth within my business, but then the growth within my business compounds to reflect bigger growth. So um, even for example, my yearly membership, the upgrade, as we get more members, that's more recurring revenue, you know, more people wanting to settle into long-term membership, people in my mastermind, like even though it doesn't feel like I'm doing a lot, all the little things that I've done have compounded that this is where my business is at. So sometimes it's not always one big move or two big moves or three big moves. It's tiny, tiny, tiny little decisions every single day that just add up over time. It's you deciding to show up on your stories every day. It's you deciding to sell multiple times in the week. It's you deciding to, you know, be intentional around, you know, writing a caption. It's you creating your next offer. It's you running that next offer. It's you serving your clients to your highest standard. All of those things are adding up because even as an example, you doing those posts every week, eventually someone's going to buy. And then when that person buys and you deliver in an exceptional way, they're going to stay in your world, they're going to re-sign or they're going to buy again or they're going to buy again and they're going to tell their friend how incredible you are and then their friend is going to sign up. Like, But then you've got two people and then those two people both tell someone and then you've got four people and then those four people go and tell someone and then you've got eight Like, and it just compounds and compounds and compounds and compounds. So don't focus on the really, really big things or you're just going to feel overwhelmed as fuck because you're going to look at how far and how much there is ahead of you. Focus on the little day-to-day actions that you can take right now and trust that they are all compounding. That is pretty much bringing me to the end of today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it and for those of you that have just been along the ride and for those of you who, you know, whether you've bought from me, bought a freaking course, a program, a masterclass, whether you have worked with me as a private client or a mastermind client, whether you just support me by listening to the podcast, whether you leave reviews for the podcast, whether you engage with my content, share my content, like just thank you because like you are part of this journey and I just fucking love this community so much and it brings me so much joy to be able to do things like this and sit down and have a conversation with you guys and just feel like I'm just sitting on my couch having a chat to you and and that's kind of what it feels like but I hope you have the most incredible day I hope you take some gold nuggets from today's episode and I really again as I said at the start I want to invite you into the frequency of milestones and celebration and so that is what I'm putting out that is the intent and the feelings that I'm infusing into this episode that you get to land in your own celebration, whatever that's going to look like, whether it's a engagement, whether it's a new holiday, whether it's you winning something, whether it's you having a milestone in your business or getting a pay rise, um, a new relationship. Like I am infusing the energetics into this episode that there is going to be good coming your way and let's just raise the fucking frequency of the planet and I'm celebrating you in whatever there is to be celebrated right now. 